0: bro marketing culture and sketchy mlms have given modern business a bad reputation it feels harder than ever to succeed as an entrepreneur even though we've got an abundance of info and tech right at our fingertips if you feel frustrated running your business stress over your sales goals or are baffled by marketing strategies you've come to the right place You deserve to run a successful, sustainable business without spamming all of your friends or wasting time and money on marketing gimmicks. This is the Sell It Sister podcast, and you're going to learn how to make more money without complex systems or sleazy sales tactics. I'm Erica Tebbins, and I teach highly motivated female and gender expansive entrepreneurs that selling doesn't have to suck. I've been running successful businesses and teaching others how to sell smarter, earn more, and create raving fans for over 15 years, and I'm excited to share what I've learned with you. If you want success without truly serving your clients, profits without any passion, or the next get-rich-quick scheme, I'm not your gal. But if you're all in as an entrepreneur, want to make a difference with your work, and are ready to run a business you're proud of, then get ready to sell it, sister. Before we dive into the episode, if you're an established entrepreneur that is ready to grow right now, I have a very important message for you. You are not like everybody else, so why should your growth strategy be the same as everyone else's? It shouldn't, because that is how you hop off the revenue roller coaster for good. When you're consistently yourself and you're not flipping back and forth between who you think you need to be to succeed and who you truly are, that's when phenomenal clients and opportunities will consistently land in your lap. With your skills, high-quality work, and rave reviews, you know you're damn good at what you do. But right now, your income still isn't quite matching the level of expertise and experience you provide. And that's frustrating, understandably. But if you want your business to feel more expansive, both in money and non-work time, rather than like a paycheck-to-paycheck job it's entirely possible. You can absolutely keep working with the raddest clients even more consistently than you already are, and also be making enough so that you can pay yourself well, make ultra generous donations, and even fund a spontaneous vacation or do something else that's been on your dream list. If this is resonating with you, then I want to invite you to check out Rebellious Success because Rebellious Success is my intimate group coaching experience where I'm going to help you get off that revenue roller coaster for good. Meaning that you'll know how to get consistent, pinch yourself level dream clients that happily pay your higher rates. You'll be making a predictable income with a solid strategy rooted in your personal strengths and values. And you'll have an offer suite that makes achieving higher revenue months simple and sustainable, all without having to pay for ads, be on social 24-7, use exploitative practices, or water down your values. So if you're nodding along, then I encourage you to go check out Rebellious Success at rebellioussuccess.com to learn more. And if you like what you see there, then book a call and we can chat to see if Rebellious Success is the right fit for you. Again, that's rebellioussuccess.com. All right, on to the episode. Welcome to the Sell It Sister podcast. On this week's episode, I am talking all about rule-breaking, specifically breaking certain commonly held uh, beliefs and rules when it comes to running an online business. Um, and this was actually inspired by uh, a client of mine recently was talking about, um, wanting to do a group program and she was launching a group program and, uh, she was talking about her business model and kind of what she wants for herself. And, uh, she had mentioned the, like, kind of like in, part of the larger conversation, she had mentioned that, uh, like the common belief around you shouldn't have a group program until you're all booked out with one-to-one clients. And I was like, Hmm, that's interesting. Like, and it, it made me really think about like, Oh yeah, that that's right. That is, that is a thing, um, that is said, right. Not just by one person, but by many people that, you know, you just, you, there's like a certain order that you quote unquote should follow, which is, you know, you like have, uh, you get fully booked on one-to-one and then you either like do a group program or you do a course or, you know, you do some sort of one-to-many, but almost like you don't get that privilege until you've learned how to become fully booked with your one-to-one. And I'm like, yeah, but why? Right. Like when you really step back and think about it, that makes no sense. <laughs> like, I, I understand the reason why it may have become a thing in the first place. Right. But when you consider the fact that like, you know, uh, like some people have in-person businesses, And then they learn how to make a course and they create a course, and maybe they have like a pretty big following already. And then they put out that course and it does really well, right? And they're not necessarily like quote unquote booked out in person before they make that course, but they just realized that they can reach more people with a course than who could ever work with them in person, right? So that's just one example. Um, Also, the first group program I ever had, which was, I started at Q4 of 2018. Um, I was not booked out at the time. I was actually doing a bunch of, um, I, I like I did a whole push for free strategy consults. And then where at the end, I would tell people how they could work with me. And uh I had a lot of people who were like, yeah, this is awesome. Like I would love to work with you someday. I just I truly like cannot afford it right now. And I had so many of them that I was like, what if I just created something and like set a minimum and we if we were together in a group, then I could serve them all and I could reduce the price. And I did. And I didn't even have like a formal launch and I sold it out. And it was awesome i loved it and then uh i ended up i like i kept the program for like through all of 2019 as well and it was fantastic right so that's just that's just one of them and you probably have some that you have heard that you either uh are like feel like you know they must be true because everybody says them or you're like i think that's a bunch of bs and like i'm not following it right But I wanted to cover some of the most common ones today, because I don't want these things to hold you back. And really like the people who I work with, they want to do things differently, right? They want to do things differently in their industry. They want to do things differently when it comes to business in general. They want to do things differently in their lives, and they don't like to be put into other people's boxes. Um, But Sometimes, like if you've never run a business before, or you've never run an online business before, and you see people who are making lots and lots of money saying these things, it's really easy to not be able to know like what is true and what isn't true, right? So, I want to do a little status quo shakeup in this in this episode. So, uh, I posted in my stories over on Instagram. I'm Erica Tebbins consulting over there. If you don't already follow me. Um, but I, I posted over there, the question sticker and stories. So it was like, please tell me what is like a, a should or rule in business that you hate and like, just want to be done with. Right. And I got some really, really great feedback. And one of the main ones had to do with sales goals, revenue goals. Right. So these very like arbitrary numbers. So I feel like it used to be six figures and now it's like gone up. It's like seven or even sometimes eight figures. Right. And that, that should be the goal, right. That seven figures at a minimum should be the goal. And there are still a lot of people who talk about six figures as well, you know, should be the goal. Um, But when you really think about it and actually, um, going back not too, too long, when I had Stephanie Cleary on talking about money baggage, we talked a little bit about this in there about like setting goals that feel like it's, you know, to have plenty. Right. Uh, so not, not some random arbitrary number, but to really look at your life and look at like your personal goals and like lifestyle goals, giving goals, things like that and create a a a monetary goal, a revenue goal around that so that it actually is more meaningful, right? Because uh, a lot of times what ends up happening is we just pluck these goals out of the air and we're like, yeah, I guess this is what I should be going for. Like if I want to be serious or I want to be, you know, like a good entrepreneur, like a smart entrepreneur, like this should be the goal. And On a personal note, I actually just decreased my revenue goal for 2022 because I realized myself I had fallen into this trap. I had picked a goal that felt like the next logical goal in the online space if I wanted to be super, quote unquote, successful. And then I was talking to a friend and realized I was like wait a minute. Like I, this is like something that like I had lost track of myself. Um, and so I actually did this for myself and I was like, oh, it's way, it's like way less than that. Like to, to like live, uh, like very comfortably, like at a new level and like with my giving goals and just other things. I was like, I actually don't need to make that much this year, like maybe in a future year, um, like I can strive for it, but like this year I actually don't need to. And that felt really liberating. But again, like, I, I mean, this is what I do. Like, I'm always talking about, you know, like, like my, my program is called rebellious success. Right. And yet still, it's easy to fall into these, these beliefs, right. And these shoulds. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, just straight up, I wanted to include that in there. Um, some other things around, like, like having like one perfect goal that says like you've won, right? Um, a lot of the things that people mention that come with that are things like scaling, right? That you you have to scale, like that's your goal to like win an entrepreneurship should be scaling as much as you possibly can, as fast as you possibly can. Um, some other people talk about, you know, selling your business, like getting your business to a point where you can sell it. And I do actually have an upcoming episode that talks about like selling your IP and things like that with a really, really smart person. Um, but what I like about that is my guest actually ex- like goes into it and explains it a little bit more, right? a lot of times, like what some people told me is like people will just say these things, but they're not really tell you how, right. They're not really tell you like why or how. So that is one coming up, but also you don't ever have to sell your business if you don't want to. Um, and also one person was telling me, you know, that, uh, some of the people who are, are preaching these things, they don't have to class jump, um, in order to make them happen. Right. So they are saying, Oh, these are certain things that you have to do to be successful and yada, yada. Right. But maybe for them going up, you know, it it, a certain like revenue amount, right. Was not out of the realm of the norm for, you know, how they grew up or the, the people they're friends with and things like that. And aren't really taking into account that, Uh, for some people, it, there might be a lot of other, uh, challenges in the way, even if it is, even if we're just talking like mindset, right. Around trying to strive for something that is suddenly, you know, so many levels above what feels comfortable in your body because of what you are accustomed to. Again, go back to the episode with Stephanie Cleary, um, sweep. she touches on a lot of like, like body money versus bank money. And so that's a lot of what that is. Um, some other rules were around like restrict restrictive content plans. Right. So, uh, people who are like, you know, make like, you know, make reels like every day or pre-plan your content for 30 days or, do X amount of lives or what, like whatever it is. So not people who are like, Hey, I'm going to help you do this. Like, if you want to do this, I can help you. But people who are really like, you should be putting out this much content all of the time. And in these specific ways, and not only does that just not work because we're all different humans, but also depending on the type of business you run, it might not even make sense from like a sales and marketing point of view, right? Like, yes, if you like, if you if you were to sell like a physical product, you need a different kind of content plan and like a higher frequency and different type of visuals and all of that than if you sell a service or consulting or coaching, like I do, and like most of my clients do, right? So, uh, each person's content plan is going to be different and that's okay. Um, Also (sighs) rules around how to market yourself and that it must be done all one way. Right. So kind of like having the one perfect goal to win at entrepreneurship that in marketing, it's like, you have to do these exact things or you will never be successful. So things like, you know, like you have to have uh, like beautifully branded website and you have to have, um, like an opt-in you can download and you have to have a weekly newsletter and you have to have social media and you have to have a perfect list of hashtags. And again, you have to have, you know, perfect content and some very like, uh, specific strategies. And essentially just that, like it's, it's boxing you into again, what, uh, What somebody else is saying is a should or a must, when again, it's not, it doesn't necessarily matter. I I have a lot of very successful clients who are like, yeah, I just haven't got around to setting up like a proper uh, like email list yet, right? Like they have already been able to get clients. They might even be selling from like a Google Doc sales page, right? And they still are like, yep, I, I don't email my list every week. Or like, I barely have a list. Or, um, I was talking to, uh, somebody the other day on Instagram, I was, I had put up a post about planning and what feels hard. And she said, you know, like, oh, like refreshing, um, hashtags. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm not like. I'm not always like great at that. Like at like formally sitting down and like going in and research, like I put them on my posts. I think about them in the context of like good hashtag strategy, but I like for, I used to be really great about like creating hashtag banks and I'd copy and paste whatever. I'm just, I'm like lazy now. I don't, I don't do it. I was also talking in rebellious success, um, last week, uh, one of the clients in there had asked about, you know, how do I get more, um, downloads for my opt in? And I was like, Oh, just put it in your regular content, like have that be your call to action. And I even said, I was like, and this is a good reminder to me. I forget to do that all the time. Like I do other things that build my email list, but I have amazing free downloadable resources. And from time to time, I will remember them and I'll post about them. And they're always like, you know, at the link in my bio on Instagram and and there's like a page on my website and stuff too. So they're, they are available, but I don't always think to talk about them. Right. So it's like we each can only do so much. I'm going to have another episode coming up by the way. That's about like how everyone thinks that like, we assume that everyone else has it more together than they do, or that like, Other people are killing it because they must not have like limitations and and things like that. When the reality is like the vast, vast, vast majority of my friends and my clients, like current and former, we, we all have just life things that get in the way, right. That, that make it so that like, we are not having, you know, perfect 10 weeks, week after week, where we are just freaking nailing everything, right? It's all a process. It's all growth. We have different seasons as we've talked about in other episodes before, but just know like, like I, I I love that. I, I won't say I love, I'm fascinated at how, um, you know, like others might perceive me or make assumptions, uh, and you know, not, not in any bad ways, right. Like in really like positive ways. And then I like, I, you know, hear that hear like feedback and hear, um, people's like, uh, how they view me or, or things that they think that I'm doing or, you know, whatever. And, um, somebody said recently, like, it just seems like you're never stressed. And I'm like, oh, bless it. Bless your heart. I, because that couldn't be further from the truth, right? Like I, at any moment, like for all of the the balls that I can juggle, like there are still things like remembering to regularly, uh, like direct people to free downloadable resources, like as a call to action, like I just, for whatever reason that falls out of my brain constantly, does it mean that, my business is falling to pieces because of it. No. Right? Like if i miss emailing my list for a week, do, like does it mean that the you know everything is just going to go to hell? No. <laughs> right? It's it's okay. Like we we literally do not need to be juggling all the balls perfectly all the time, truly. Um like i said right at the top of this episode, i sold out my first group program. Literally, it was like a. It was like a paragraph, and then like a few bullet points, and the price. Like it was so no frills. Like it wasn't even a Google Doc. It was just text that I was like sending to individual people. <laughs> like truly, right? It can. Like things don't always have to be perfect and shiny all the time in order to for you to be successful. Um, bottom line, at least, it in my world is the one, like the one way to market really well. Like if, if you're just like, I don't know, marketing is so overwhelming and everything it's creating relationships. Like it's all just based on creating relationships. It's what I've always done. It's worked really, really well for me. Uh, and then like all of the rest of it is just sort of, it's like supportive like all of the other like marketing things are supportive, but it's really about being intentional, about creating relationships. Um, a couple other ones are that I got in were um, focusing on only one offer. You don't need to do that. I mean, it wouldn't be great if you if like every time you posted content, you were like, hey, I have this and I have this and I have this." Like, you know, directing people to a million different things like it is uh just from like a peace of mind point of view, just from your end, so it doesn't feel overwhelming. Like it's great if, you're, if your content that is like sales content is directing people to a single thing most of the time, even if you don't have like formal launches, but if just in your regular content, you're like, okay, this week, You know, like for the, for these two weeks, I'm going to talk about this offer. And then the next two weeks, like, I'm going to make sure that I have content that talks about this other offer. Like that is helpful, but, and you can certainly have just one offer if you only want one offer. But if you don't only want one offer, you can have more than one offer. The only thing I always tell my clients is just remember, like whatever offers you have, you just have to have a marketing plan for them if you want them to sell Unless you have something that is like a level two, right? If you're like, well, people can only get this offer if they've gone through that offer. Okay. Well, you don't need like a formal marketing strategy then because you're only ever going to be pitching it to people who've already gone through one, like the, the first thing, right? So it's, you kind of have a marketing strategy, but not, it's, it's super low key, right? It's literally more of just like a remembering to tell those people, oh, hey, now that you've done this, you can do this other thing. Like, are you interested? Um, but yeah. And, and of course, like from time to time, like go for it, make a post or send an email, do something where it lists like a whole overview. Like I just did this on Instagram recently, like a whole overview of your offers, who they're great for, and then just direct people to like a sales call or your website, whatever your, whatever your sales process is, you can totally do that. Um, and lastly, the one, one, another one that I got, um, is the rule around like not sharing your personal struggles. Uh, and when I was messaging the person who sent that in, um, she did say, she was like, you know, I am, I am comfortable with it. I think it's, you know, good to show like the real human side of things, like, you know, without going like too over the top or being like, you know, uh, like excessively sharing. Right. Like, um, but she was like, yeah, but I, I, it feels weird that people say that you shouldn't. And I was like, yeah, I, I totally, totally agree. Um, I, I think even if we take struggles out of this, like just not sharing about like our personal stuff, like even if we don't take it all the way to like struggles, because you might be like, yeah, you know what? I just don't feel comfortable like being vulnerable in that way. Like, regardless of if it's okay to do it or not, I just I would really like rather not because I'm a super private person. Totally cool, but I have found part of how I get the best clients is that I share parts of myself that aren't just related to my business. Right. So I've told stories before about how I've got clients. Through people who love like Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit or true crime or, you know, um, roller derby. I used to have a client who has a a really cool program for people in roller derby and like, I got those clients in part or well, because I mean, eventually like they, they wanted to work with me because of the results. Right. But what made them pay attention was, or in what made me stand out from the competition is the fact that they knew, like, oh, this person and I have something in common, right? Like it, there's like an, an instant affinity there that allows the people who are really going to resonate with you to pay attention, to want to learn more, right? And so again, I don't think you need to like put it all out there, you know, 24, 7, 365, but think about some things that you want to infuse into your marketing even um like a a totally ridiculous funny one is that <laughs> my friend Jess who runs backbone business like she and I both love possums and we started um sharing in like 2021 we got to meet in real life we we're talking about possums so we started sharing funny possum stuff in Instagram stories and we would tag each other. And then like people would see us like posting. And so then now sometimes other people will see stuff about like possums and they'll just send it to me. Right. I always get like Lord of the rings memes. I always get like tagged in like funny, true crime stuff. Right. Like people know that that is like part of who I am and how I am. And it allows them to have like a 360 degree view of me, like a really like holistic idea of who I am as a person. And I, I feel more real. Like it feels more like, Oh I, yeah, I know. I know Erica, right? Like, yeah, I know what she does for her business, but I feel like I also like know her. Um, and that's really important. Like it's part of that trust building that happens before somebody is willing to spend money with us. That doesn't mean that all of my clients also love true crime and, um, you know, Lord of the Rings, but it like, they, they love that. I love it. Right. They love that. I'm a super geek for that stuff. Um, and, and conversely, a lot of my clients, I know stuff that they nerd out about and I love to send them funny memes or share posts and tag them and, and things like that. And it just feels more like a real relationship, like a, like a real, like two-sided relationship rather than this like one-sided, like, I'm just talking about my offers and do you want to work with me or not? Right. So those are, those are the ones that I wanted to to touch on today because they are so prevalent. And, um, and I just think that they're not necessary, right? Like we can design and redesign the culture, uh, of like wherever we are, right. It just, it takes intentionality and it takes being willing to sit with the fact that some people will say you're wrong, which honestly as like a classic teacher's pet high achiever, I do not like, um, I've had to work really hard to like get over that. Um, and I will even say sometimes in certain like circumstances, I'm sort of like, Oh, maybe I'm not over it yet. Right. But in shifting the culture, it, there will be people who will say that we're wrong. will say that we don't know what we're talking about. We'll say, um, you know, if, if you are so smart, why, why aren't you making as much money as me? And, you know, things like that. Right. Um, but I mean, who cares? Right. We, it's our business. We get to call the shots inside our own business. Uh, and if we have strong feelings about something, we can put them out there. And I have found that there are other people, like when I do this and I'm like super nervous, I have found that actually my perfect people are like, Oh my God, thank you for saying that. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. Like oh, it's so refreshing to hear that, right? They're actually so glad and grateful for it. So I hope that serves as encouragement for you. And if you're like, cool, 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 Erica, but like, I feel like I don't know enough about like solid business strategy and practices, especially when it comes to revenue growth. Like we could talk about what support around that would look like, right? If If you're like, I have thoughts on my industry, but like I sometimes I have a hard time discerning like what is a best practice, like what is right, what is wrong, uh, you know, I'm using air quotes here, all of that like that's really what I specialize in is helping my clients look at all the possible paths that they could take to achieve their goals, whatever those goals are. And then helping them navigate which path is going to be the best for them, which one or two paths is going to be the best for them. So you can always find me, uh, on Instagram, at Erica Tebbins consulting, or just hop on over to my website, erictebbins.com. Reach out. If this is you, we could talk. I would just, you know, I always love hearing from listeners. Anyways, if you love this episode, Please share it. The best way, the easiest way you can do that is uh, sharing it, like in your Instagram stories, and tagging me or wherever you are on social media, sharing it there, letting people know about the podcast. It's uh, it's truly appreciated. Uh, I I don't do any like paid advertising uh, for the podcast, so you know when when people when listeners share it, um, I'm eternally grateful. It means a ton. It's the um like best possible, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, like testimonial, like ever is like sharing it with somebody and say like, Hey, I think you'd really love this episode. It it just, it's fantastic. So yeah, I hope, I hope you, uh, I hope you got a ton of value out of this episode. Um, feel free. Also, I would love to know if there is a rule A quote unquote rule that after listening to this, that you're like, I am going to break that rule now. And I feel confident about it. Thank you, Erica. Or if there's another rule that like you've already broken and it worked really well for you, I would love to hear about it too. So just message me, sign into my DMS over on Instagram. Again, Erica Tebbins consulting. And as always happy selling. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the sell it sister podcast. If you loved it and you want more, be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And then head on over to sellitsisterhood.com to join my free Facebook community group. And as your mama said, sharing is caring. So if you got a lot of value out of this episode, be sure to share it with your biz besties too. Okay? Now get out there and sell it, sister.